It's all about the heart. The Lord's been ministering to me the last few days about the heart. It's all about the heart. I haven't gotten a whole lot of words since I've gotten a calling back to New Orleans, but it's been amazing to me how many words have been about the heart. And it was one point, and many of y'all have heard this, but at one point I was praying, and I heard the Lord say, very simply, if you give me your heart, I'll give you mine. And I said, well, what are you trying to say, Lord, in terms of reference to New Orleans? And he said, well, in an experience of when salvation or conversion, right, you give me your heart and then I give you my heart for you, right? There's, there's an exchange, there's an intermingling of my heart with his heart, right? And so he went on to say that as a representative of my family, I can give him the heart of my family and he will give me his heart for my family. I said, well, I see that, I see that. And then he said, as a representative of your neighborhood, you, you can give me the heart of your neighborhood and I will give you my heart for your neighborhood. And then I saw where he was going. And then he said, if you give me the heart of your city, gather together with people like you all from every part of the city. You give me the heart of the city and I will give you my heart for the city. And after he told me that, two days later, I was called by a lady who came, attended just a few times to our Bible study. She said, there's a young man, a cousin of mine, who's in the hospital, and he had a heart transplant. And he's in Ashna Hospital. Can you go pray for him? I said, sure. And she said, he had a heart transplant. He was rejecting his heart. And the doctors had given him 72 hours to live. And so I went to the hospital, and on the way there, I was praying, Lord, what do you want me to pray over this young man? He was only uh, late 20s. And the Lord uh, gave me the verse from Ezekiel 36. He said, I will give you a new heart and a new spirit, says the Lord. I will take from you that stony heart and give you a heart of flesh. And so when I went to pray for the young man, I didn't really pray for him. I actually just went and declared that over him. And he was in ICU, unconscious, and I spent about 15, 20 minutes, I was just declaring, I will give you a new heart and a new spirit, says the Lord. I will give you a new heart. And I just declared that, and I declared it, and then I declared it. His condition was the same when I left and uh, went about my business. And the next day, I got an email from the lady that asked me to pray, and she said, uh, his heart's working at 25% capacity, and he opened up his eyes. That was on a, that was on a Tuesday, because I prayed for him on a Monday. Wednesday, I got another email from her, and she said, his heart's working at 50% capacity, and they've taken him off the machines. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Is that right? Thank you, Lord. And it was a confirmation of the word, right? I will give you a new heart. You give me your heart and I'll give you mine. A week later, I went back to go see him. When, he was, when I went to the hospital, he wasn't even in the room. He was having tests made. And his grandmother, who I talked to, said that the first time when he had his heart transplant, when he was out, he said he saw his grandfather in the distance, who's passed on to the next life. He saw his grandfather in the distance. And so 
This time, when he woke up, his grandmother, the first question she asked him, he said, did you see grandfather again? And he said, no. And then he got real withdrawn, and she said, well, what's wrong? And he said, uh, I, I saw Jesus, and I had a conversation with Jesus, but I'm not ready to talk about it. And so when I heard the story, it's just in my own mind, like the Lord just came and delivered the heart himself, right? He just, he just... Now, I'm not sending an angel this time. I'm just coming to bring it myself. Yeah. Praise God. So it was, it was just a confirmation of the word, right? Give me your heart and I'll give you mine. So we're going to talk about the, the heart tonight. But I want you to repeat a, this uh, prayer that I was getting as I was meditating on this. May my heart, May my heart intermingle. With your heart, Lord. May I feel what you feel. May I see what you see. May I hear what you hear. And may I say what you say. There's an intermingling of the heart. Bob's heart's not his own. Bob's heart and the Lord's heart are intermingled. And sometimes when Bob speaks, he speaks from Bob. But sometimes when Bob speaks, he speaks from the Lord. But that's all of us. When we enter into this walk with him, there's an intermingling of our hearts. And so we need to learn to raise ourselves up and speak from that other portion of our heart, right? Amen? Amen. Let's talk about Solomon. I want you to open up your Bibles to 1 Kings chapter 3. 1 Kings chapter 3. How many of y'all remember King Solomon? Son of who? David, David, of course. 1 Kings chapter 3. You know, Solomon started off really strong. He didn't end real good, but he started off awesome. And we're going to talk about his beginning. 1 Kings chapter 3. I want you to go to verse 3. We're going to start at verse 3. Now Solomon loved the Lord. Say, love the Lord. Love the Lord. That's where it all started for Solomon, right there. Now Solomon loved the Lord. Walking in the statutes of his father David, except he sacrificed and burned incense on the high places. Verse 4. The king went to Gibeon to sacrifice there, but that was the great high place. Solomon offered a thousand burnt offerings on that altar. In Gibeon, the Lord appeared to Solomon in a dream at night, and God said, Ask what you wish me to give you. How many of y'all would like the Lord to ask you the same question? (laughs) Yes. Verse 6. Then Solomon said, You have shown great loving kindness to your servant David, my father, according as he walked before you in truth and righteousness and uprightness of heart towards you. Uprightness of heart towards you. Uprightness of heart towards you. And you have reserved for him his great loving kindness, this great loving kindness, that you have given him a son to sit on his throne as it is this day. 
verse 7. Now, O Lord my God, you have made your servant king in place of my father David, yet I am but a little child. I do not know how to go out or to come in. In other words, I don't know what I'm doing. Verse 8, your servant is in the midst of your people, which you have chosen, a great people, who are too many to be numbered or counted. So give your servant an understanding heart. Say understanding heart. Understanding the footnote says, the translation can be a hearing heart. Solomon asked for a heart that was able to what? Hear. hear. To hear what? God's voice. To hear God's voice, to hear from heaven. Yes. So give your servant an understanding or hearing heart to judge your people and to discern between good and evil. For who is able to judge this great people of ours? We're going to keep reading a little bit more here. Verse 10. It was pleasing in the sight of the Lord that Solomon had asked this thing. God said to him, Because you have asked this thing and have not asked for yourself long life, nor have asked riches for yourself, nor have you asked for the life of your enemies, but have asked for yourself discernment to understand justice, behold, I have done according to your words. Behold, I have given you a wise and discerning heart. You need to get this. Solomon asked for a heart that could hear from heaven, and God called it wisdom. Wisdom is not intellectual savvy. It's not doctoral degrees. I'm not against that. Wisdom is the ability to hear from heaven. Amen? Amen. Solomon asks for a hearing heart, and God said, I have given you a wise and discerning heart so that there has been no one like you before you, nor shall like you arise after you. Verse 13. I have also given you what you have not asked, both riches and honor, so that there will not be any among the kings like you all your days. If you walk in my ways, keeping my statutes and commandments as your father David walked, then I will prolong your days. Then Solomon awoke, and behold, it was a dream. And he, became, and he came to Jerusalem and stood before the ark of the covenant of the Lord and offered burnt offerings and made peace offerings and made a feast for all his servants. The word hearing heart, Hebrews, S-A-M-A, Sama, I guess it's pronounced, the word actually can be translated with Hearing with the intention to do. It's hearing and being obedient. How many of times have you heard from the Holy Spirit and not been obedient immediately? <laughs> we confess, right? 
a hearing heart actually has to do with hearing and obeying. Jesus talked about it. He said, those that just hear the word of God and don't do it are like those who build a house on what? Sand. But those who hear and do are the ones that build a house on what? Rock. The risk, the risk of a Christian life has to do with seeking to hear his voice and doing it and risking that our doing may not be hearing what the Lord said, but we thought we did. That's the risk, right? But at the same time, when my heart intermingles with his, do you know there's so many times that he's speaking to you and he's moving you and he's working through you and you think it's yourself? It's intermingled, right? And so a hearing heart with the intention of doing is so important, especially when we talk about prophetic ministry. We're just simply, that's prophetic ministry, right? It's another way of saying it. I have a hearing heart that's intermingled with the Father. I'm hearing what He's saying about someone, and I'm releasing it, speaking it, doing actions that will display the Father to that person. Amen? Y'all with me? Okay. A wise and discerning heart was equal to a hearing heart. It went on and talked about all the things of Solomon's accomplishments. He built the temple. He built this great palace. The Queen of Sheba came. She saw the way everything was set up and all the way everybody was dressed and the servants. And they said the Queen of Sheba fainted. She passed out. She lost her breath. She was overcome. And he had riches and honor. Isn't that a key? Wouldn't that be a key is that if we asked the Lord for a hearing heart, that what he did for Solomon, he may also do for us? Solomon asked for a hearing heart, and God said, okay, Kelly, since you asked for a hearing heart, not only am I going to give you a hearing heart, but I'm giving you peace from all your enemies, and I'm giving you riches, and I'm giving you honor, and I'm giving you all these wonderful things, right? Just because he asked for a hearing heart. So, Lord, we ask right now for a hearing heart. Amen? Give us your healing heart. hearing heart. Amen. <laughs> I want you to go to chapter 11 of 1 Kings, a couple pages over. We're not going to talk about all his accomplishments, but there's a key that I want to talk about just a minute about chapter 11 of 1 Kings. This is towards the second half of Solomon's life when he got off track. And I want, want to read a little bit about that and talk about that for a second. It says, verse 1, Now King Solomon loved many foreign women along with the daughter of Pharaoh, Moabite, Ammonite, Edomite, Sidonian, and Hittite women. <laughs> Solomon. Come on, Solomon. <laughs> from the nations concerning which the Lord 
had said to the sons of Israel, You shall not associate with them, nor shall they associate with you, for they will surely turn your heart away. They shall surely turn your heart away after their gods. Solomon held fast to those in love. He had 700 wives. That's, that sounds more like no, torture to me. No. 700, try to... Princesses and 300 concubines, thank you. And his wives, this is what I wanted to get to, and his wives turned his heart away. God's never wrong. <laughs> For when Solomon was old, his wives turned his heart away after other gods, and his heart was not wholly devoted to the Lord his God, as the heart of David his father had been. Notice how many times he says heart. His heart turned his heart, turned his heart. Now we're not talking about 700 wives, but we are talking about what is that which can turn your heart away from God. What is that which can turn your heart away from God? We know the commandment, love the Lord your God with all your heart. And Solomon did really well until his heart was turned away towards other gods. Amen? Amen. Solomon was the same one who wrote Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, which is one of my favorite verses. He said, Trust in the Lord with all my heart. Lean not on my own understanding. In all my ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct my path. I don't know what to do about my job. Trust in the Lord with all my heart. Lean not on my understanding. In all my ways, acknowledge him, and he will direct my path. I may not know how to minister to this person. Trust in the Lord with all my heart. Lean not on my own understanding. In all my ways, acknowledge him, and he will direct my path. What he's saying is that the only way I can fail if I, if I don't let my heart intermingle with his and I start trusting in my own understanding. But that's in every, every area of my life. That's in parenting. Trust in my understanding or in my heart or what the Lord's saying in my heart. That's in, in every, every, every single area of our lives Solomon was the one who said it because when he was granted his, his desire from the Lord, he said, give me a hearing heart, right? And once he was given a hearing heart, then he could trust in him with all his heart and lean not on his own understanding. And he started acknowledging the Lord in all his ways 
and the Lord directed his path. Solomon got off track when he could no longer trust in the Lord with all his heart because the Lord didn't have all his heart. For, for our own lives, for decisions we need to make in our own lives, for, for when, we, when we minister to others, it all flows from trusting him with all of our heart, but we can't trust him with all of our heart if he doesn't have all of our heart. Y'all getting this? Amen. Yes. Say amen if you're getting this. Amen. All right. So, so when we love him with all of our heart, then we position ourselves to be able to trust him with all of our heart. If I love him with some of my heart, but I love this over here and lift this over here, then I can't trust him with all of my heart because he doesn't have all of my heart. Got it? All right, go to Exodus chapter 7. Do you know sometimes you can read Scripture, and Scripture, you can get just as much by learning principles by discerning the opposite of what's being said. I'll show you what I'm talking about. Go to Exodus chapter 7. Sometimes you can, you can flip a scripture. You can read a scripture and flip it over and it gives you another revelation or truth. Exodus chapter 7, go to verse 13. Go to verse 13. This is about Moses going to Pharaoh. It says, verse 13, Yet Pharaoh's heart was hardened. Say hardened. Hardened. And he did not listen to them as the Lord had said. Pharaoh's heart was hardened and he did not listen. A hard heart doesn't listen, but a soft heart can what? A hard heart doesn't have the ability to listen, but a soft heart can what? Yeah. So the Lord says, blessed are the meek, for they shall what? Inherit the earth. Inherit the earth. Meekness is the one who has a soft heart towards God. So Pharaoh had a hard heart, and therefore he could not hear. Solomon was given a soft heart, therefore he could what? Hear from heaven. Why is it important to keep our heart soft? So we can hear from heaven. Amen. When Jesus taught us the prayer of the All Father who art in heaven... Holy is your name. He's talking about how to connect with heaven right now, right? He's teaching his disciples. This is how you connect with heaven. This is how you bring heaven to earth. Pray that may your kingdom come here on earth just as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not to temptation, but deliver us from evil. For yours is the kingdom and power and glory forever. Every line of that prayer is addressed to the Father except one line, which is forgive those who trespass against us. 
What can create a hard heart is unforgiveness. So he says you must forgive so that your heart can stay soft because if it becomes hardened, you will not be able to hear. So when someone offends me, I might be angry at that person. I may be hurt by that person. But I will forgive you because I will not let my heart get hardened because you will not mess up my connection with him. Yes, amen. It's no longer about you. It's about me and connecting with the Father. That's right. And you will not have, you may have hurt me, but you're not going to mess up my connection with the Father. Amen. Amen. So the Lord added that in the Lord's Prayer to teach us, keep your heart soft. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall what? See God. What's the flip? Blessed are the impure of heart, they will not see God. impure hearts are often caused by, it may be caused by the sin that I've done, but it may be caused by the sin that was done against me that I have not walked through and I have not forgiven. Verse 14, just go a couple of verses down. It said, Then the Lord said to Moses, Pharaoh's heart is stubborn. He refuses to let the people go. Pharaoh's heart is hardened and he refuses. A hard heart refuses, a soft heart obeys. A hard heart doesn't hear and refuses, a soft heart hears and obeys. So when Solomon asked for, for a hearing heart, he asked for a heart that would hear and obey. When we're functioning at our absolute best in our Christian walk, we are hearing and obeying. We're trusting the Lord with all of my heart, and I'm hearing and obeying, and I'm hearing and obeying, and I'm hearing and obeying, and I'm flowing, you know, in the... You know, I, I grew up with, with my pastor. My pastor says, you need to learn to yield to the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. You need to learn to yield, to yield. And I was like, what is he saying? What is he saying? But I, I'm getting glimpses of it. It's like I'm having a soft heart to hear and obey. That's a yielding. That's a flowing. That's a going with the Holy Spirit. Amen? Amen. Go to Matthew chapter 13, verse 14. It says, in their case, the prophecy of Isaiah is being fulfilled, which says, you will keep on hearing, but will not understand. You will keep on seeing, but you will not perceive. So he's describing someone that's actually hearing physically, but they're not, what, understanding. That they're seeing, but they're not perceiving spiritually, right? They're not seeing it from heavenly point of view. Verse 15 for the, for the heart of this people has become dull. Say dull. dull. That word dull can mean, it can be translated as calloused. 
It could be it could mean hardened. These people aren't seeing, they're not hearing because their heart is hardened. It's calloused. With their ears, they scarcely hear, and they have closed their eyes. Otherwise, they would see with their eyes, hear with their ears, and understand with their heart, and return. Jesus is saying the same thing, right? A hardened heart keeps us from seeing, keeps us from hearing, keeps us from receiving healing, keeps us receiving from heaven because my heart is hardened. It's all about the heart. It's all about the heart. Everything flows from the very center. All ministry flows from the heart. I love what Sean Bowles is teaching about the prophetic. he He says your prophetic gift flows through your heart. In fact, the prophetic gift is dangerous if it's not flowing through the heart. Damage comes when it's not flowing through the heart. You have giftedness that's not combined with the love of God, and it's being released, and it's creating more damage than it is helping, even though it's coming, even though the gift is being released. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your heart, with all your heart. Keep your heart soft. Keep it from being calloused. Keep it from being, getting toughened. How many of y'all know that the the more we live life, the more we get beat up? (laughs) Amen? Amen. And yet, it's difficult, it's, 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 it's difficult if we don't stay close to the Lord or it's easy for our hearts to start to become hardened, right? And yet there's a grace, there's a grace that as we, as we continue to love Him with all of our heart and our heart intermingles with His heart and His heart becomes intermingled with mine, mine becomes intermingled with Him, then my center my sin of authority starts to become him. And really what you say and what you believe becomes less and less important to me. Not that you're not important to me, but in terms of ultimately, the more we connect with love the Lord your God with all your heart, that becomes most important and the opinions of men become less and less important. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we all need to we all need to continue to grow with abandoning ourselves and loving Him with all of our heart in, in all the different ways. I mean, in, in worship, there was just such a beautiful worship. I mean, I opened my eyes a couple of times and it was just, it was just like foggy. Not foggy, but it was just, it was glary in here. I can't describe it, but God's sweet presence is here. And it's that, that as we grow in that, it, it maintains, it makes it so much easier to to keep it soft. There's an interplay. We've been talking some about prophetic ministry, and prophetic ministry is that simple, is my heart gets intermingled with his, and I begin to speak out over this person what I believe his heart is saying to my heart in this situation. 
and we just release that. We release that. We release that. Amen? Amen. I'm going to end with this declaration. I want you to repeat after me. May my heart heart intermingle intermingle with yours, Lord. With yours, Lord. May I feel feel what you feel. May I see what you see. May I hear what you hear. And may I say what you say. In Jesus' name. Amen.